Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast, and we are recording live to digital uh, from the Memphis Airport Hotel Holiday Inn, and this podcast will last until the Domino's Pizza arrives or until we run out of time, one or the other. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside Matt Story. Matt, let's start with our little road trip to Oxford, Mississippi, where the game to me was almost secondary by the yeah. time we by the time we got through with all of it. It was fun, yeah, yeah. It, it uh, the the uh, SEC atmosphere did not disappoint. We we walked through the Grove early, and then we walked back through about three hours before kickoff, and it was wall to wall people. Uh, certainly, the the sights were what you'd expect. Uh, yeah, people dressed in ways you certainly just do not see at ASU games. Um, that was a lot of fun, and, and the experience inside the stadium I thought was really cool, too. Uh, you know, second SEC stadium I've seen, and neither one has disappointed at all. A lot of fun. So I want to back up to the start of our day. We went to Gibson's Donuts here in Memphis. It was delicious. You had the red velvet. Ah, it was really good, yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, did not regret that choice at all. And for me, I had the uh, cinnamon cake donut and then also just a fritter, and it was delightful. And then we drove across the Mississippi River into Arkansas. for yeah. I, We were in Arkansas for less than three minutes. Pretty much. But we went, and, and that's all that matters. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, if you saw a player, you know, for one snap, you still saw him, so it counts. And, uh, yeah, we got that done, and then we – Went back to Tennessee and then into Mississippi for our, our day uh, in in northern Mississippi with Oxford. Traveled some back roads that, you know, I it was, didn't expect to be on, but, uh, you know, it worked out. We got there and had a fantastic lunch, although we had breakfast for lunch. But Oh, my God. Big, bad breakfast. Let me say it slowly so I get it right. Uh, we, I heard about it on ESPN last week, then heard about it again this morning when they were talking about Oxford did not let us down at all. Really good stuff. So yeah, we, we, uh, got some local food that was up to par. If you find yourself in Oxford, go to big bad breakfast. It was unbelievable. It was really they, good. Yeah. So I had the omelet that you could just have whatever, anything, yeah. literally anything that was on the menu, they would put in the omelet. They didn't, that was how it was yeah. offered. So I had the shrimp and then goat cheese and spinach with a biscuit and home fries. The biscuit was probably the best thing Fantastic. I've eaten. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. I got one too with my, with my skillet, was essentially a meat lovers, ham, bacon, sausage, onion, and cheese. Um, yeah, outstanding. I have no regrets about that choice. It took us a little while to, to hike over there from the stadium, about 30 minutes, but it was worth it. And uh, obviously my focus is on the food because we are waiting on more food. Yeah, and that's, it's been a while <laughs> since we ate. We ate about 2 o'clock, and it's now pushing 11 o'clock, I believe, here local. Uh, so it's been a while. Uh, but, yeah, it was really good. And, uh, you know, the pregame atmosphere was up to par the – the uh, arms lock and the sway, which I don't think either one of us knew was even something that they yeah. did, was really cool to see. The hotty toddy chance, uh, everybody getting into that, um, it was cool. Uh, you know, Ole Miss just didn't have the guns to keep up on the field, um, but really cool to see this place. And uh, yeah, another another SEC check mark and and one I have no regrets about seeing. Yeah, the the stadium itself, I I don't know. The impression I had on TV, I guess I just assumed all the SEC stadiums were the same size as like the big house 
or the horseshoe yeah. and just massive and it's not it's a smaller you know it's under sixty five thousand people but it was loud it was yeah. packed uh, a large LSU delegation was there and they were happy because Darius Geis was just destroying yeah. Ole Miss yeah I mean Ole Miss's defensive problems have been an issue all year and they continue tonight and Darius Geis looked every bit the first round prospect that he's you know supposed to be. Um, yeah, really good. And their, their backup running back went for a hundred, hundred, uh, you know, over a hundred rushing and receiving, um, you know, Danny Etling was, was your classic, uh, LSU quarterback tonight, quite honestly, uh, you know, it's not going to be good enough to beat Alabama or the best teams, but, you know, I think he was nine of 13 for 200 yards, didn't complete a single pass to a wide receiver, but it was good enough. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, defensively, Thought they were pretty solid as far as you know how they covered Ole Miss's receivers, forced them into mistakes, and they're a good team. Are they good enough to beat Alabama? I certainly don't think so. But um, you know they've righted the ship from the low point of losing to Troy and three impressive wins in a row now for them. Yeah, on the Ole Miss side, obviously the big story was just before halftime, Shea Patterson got picked off and limped off the field, and. From where we were sitting, we had at least one fan reporting that people were saying it was an ACL tear. an ACL real quick, which <laughs> would have been an awfully fast diagnosis, and I think we could safely say was not the diagnosis since he did surprisingly come back in the game. I, you know, I didn't believe that diagnosis, but I did not expect to see him in the second half. He did come back and moved around okay, but he, he lacked the electric athletic ability that you expect from him. Um, you know, he was okay. I, you know, I... I really felt his receivers did not play well tonight Four, you know, big guys that are all good. And they just did not show up the way I would have expected, um, dropped easy. What would have been a touchdown in the, I think the first quarter, mm-hmm. uh, deep ball that should have been a walk-in touchdown, dropped it. Uh, you know, AJ Brown had a potential touchdown catch in the third quarter ball got ripped out of his hand. Uh, I mean, they just didn't play well. And, and Patterson really didn't play great either. It was a, it was a rough night. They ran it well. Um, but, Jordan yeah. Wilkins had a good day. Yeah, he, he was good. You yeah. know, 13 for 86 and a touchdown. And he, he looked good. And he limped off the field in the second he quarter did. and missed, missed the whole quarter. Yeah, came back in the second half and played well. Got their first touchdown, uh, which brought them back within seven. But they just couldn't get stops. I mean, that's what it came down to in the second half when they, you know, got within seven and had the crowd into it with about, you know, five minutes left in the third quarter or something like that. You know, they let a, a drive go right down the field, make 30-16, to 16, uh, and, and from there pretty much the, you know, the game was over at that point. Um, uh, you know, I think LSU scored again early in the fourth. Um, I think if I'm remembering right, it was around that, you know, three touchdowns at that point. It was over, obviously. So, yeah, you know, uh, LSU was the better team, kind of what you'd expect. Um, but, you know, a fun, a fun atmosphere, two good programs that are just fun to see. For me, and I think certainly for you, it wasn't about the result. It was about going to see the game and, you know, seeing some players, I think, especially for LSU, that we'll see in the NFL in the next few years, maybe a few from Ole Miss as well, and seeing, you know, two programs that are pretty cool that we don't get to see out west or or in the Midwest very much. Yeah, and it lived up to everything I was hoping for. The the food was good. The atmosphere was good. The, you know, the party before the game, you know, we we parked off – campus yeah. and and took a shuttle and the woman who was running it gave us our money back because the shuttle wasn't there at noon for a six o'clock kickoff right, which the <laughs> website says five hours before so uh, we were not even expecting 
that it would be there. But hey, if they, you know, she was very nice and, well, uh, the people who drove the bus might not have thought she was very nice, but she was definitely customer service oriented. So, yeah, nothing bad to say. I felt like people were friendly here, friendly down there. I mean, you get that southern hospitality and uh, did experience a good amount of that. Our, our shuttle driver this morning when we went to pick up our rental car, very friendly. Uh, you know, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, as we discussed on the drive back, you know, no regrets. We, we planned this months ago, talked about it for years and years. Um, and this was, uh, yeah, a blast that, you know, we'll, we'll keep this going. We won't be back in Ole Miss probably, but, uh, we'll find ourselves another site somewhere in this great nation of ours to go watch a football game next year and probably have just as good a time then. One of the unsung heroes of the game was the ASU uh, clear plastic bag that let That's us right. carry our That's stuff right. into the stadium. And uh, I, I only bring it up so that we can transition to talk about the ASU-Utah game. Now, we didn't get to see it. Uh, both of us recorded it. And yeah. so we will have more thoughts when we come back later this week to do the USC preview. But uh, initial thoughts, I mean, 30-10 to 10 at Rice-Eccles, the Sun Devils win, the defense out of, you know, continues the dominance, I guess I can't say out of nowhere anymore, but out of the bye, this... It's it's just stunning. Uh, I mean, I, I read you the beginning of the Arizona Republic story on the way back and thought it was just very accurate. It, it's really just trying to, um, you know, make sense of something that just doesn't make any sense. How did this team become what they've been the last two weeks? Are they that? I mean, I guess you, you're still that sense of, like, is this real? Is this an illusion? Um, but, you know, seeing it two weeks in a row adds to the feeling that it's not an illusion. Uh, yeah, stunning. Um, an overall dominant performance today. I mean, we were up 30-3 to three halfway through the fourth quarter. Their only touchdown basically came the game out of reach. Two minutes to go, you know, game in hand. And yeah. Tremendous, yeah. For the Sun Devils, field goal, they force an interception, second field goal, force a three and out, third field goal. Yeah. And then before the half ends, they punch in a late touchdown. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it it speaks to some resiliency that, quite honestly, hasn't been there the last few years. And I wasn't expecting to see this. Certainly time. not last year. No, I mean that was the one element of last year's team that was really the most disappointing, especially when the year ended. That Arizona debacle, uh, that it just felt like a team that had quit. And you know, as I talked to you about, you know, as we were leaving the game tonight, kind of, you know. I held, I felt we were headed for that same kind of thing at halftime of the Texas Tech game. We were down by 18 points. We had had a pretty listless effort against San Diego State the week before. And I just thought, boy, this is ugly, and it's just going to get uglier. And there was a fight back in the second half of that game that it didn't result in a win. You know, there's no moral victory. But I think it was pivotal for this team to fight back and show they still had a, some care because the next four weeks have been a different team. You know, beat Oregon, uh, got beat by Stanford, but, you know, it, it was a respectable effort. On the uh, road. On the road. And and now, you know, back-to-back, um, just out-of-nowhere performances to allow 17 total points. I mean, that, that's a quarter for us in the last couple of years, allowing 17 points. And instead, it's eight quarters against two pretty good teams. I mean, Utah is not, uh, you know, a great team, certainly not a great offense, but good team that put up 49 points on us last year. And so they can score, you know, against a bad defense like we were last year. You saw the difference today against a defense that is out of nowhere playing really, really well. The defense, they forced four interceptions, including J.J. Wilson taking one back yeah. for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, it's 
it's remarkable it really how is. we how we've gotten to where we are. I mean, the, this team won this game rushing the ball well, which yeah. they hadn't done all season. Yeah. Really, they averaged four and a half yards a carry, and that's in college factoring in the one sack right, of sack. Manny. Yeah, yeah. But you know. Demario Richard, 18 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Kalen Balaj, 14 carries, 75 yards. You know, between the two of them, that's over five yards a carry yeah. across 32 carries. That's that's, that's how you control the yeah. that's how you control the yeah, game right I mean, there. And and maybe the things go hand in hand a little bit. We've we've done a better job of staying on the field, running the ball, not turning it over. We had one turnover today, but forced four. You know, you'll win most games. You're plus three in the turnover margin. Um, and we're, you know, we're taking some pressure off our defense. It goes hand in hand. I mean, the defense plays well. We get the ball more. The offense, you know, holds the ball, moves down the field. What is impressive to me, I mean, we when it was 9 nothing, I, you know, made the point to you as we were following the score, like, are we missing opportunities? You know, is this, is this one we're going to look back on and say, man, if we could have had a 17 nothing lead and, you know, we let the game get away from there. Didn't matter. You know, we, we maybe missed an opportunity, especially I think the third field goal, we were inside the 15, had to settle for it. Um, but, you know, defense kept playing well, and, and the offense finally got a touchdown at the end of the half, and then I think scored on their first drive of the second half, and from there it's a 20-point game against an offense that isn't explosive that played into our hands, obviously. One thing I'm noting here, the three leading tacklers, Jamarcus Rhodes and Christian Sam, both with 10, and then DJ Calhoun with 7, you know, I think back, and when our defense struggled, we would talk about how Simone was leading the team in tackling, or right. Mokiola from safety was leading the team in tackling. To have your linebackers lead the team in tackling is what's supposed that to happen. That is, exactly. You, you want know? your defensive line to you know, occupy the blockers and your linebackers to come up and make the plays, and you know that's the recipe. I mean, this, this recipe, it is sustainable. You, know, you have to do it, obviously. But it is a, a sustainable way, and it's how you win on the road especially. This kind of football travels. You run the ball, you play good defense, and you get enough from your quarterback who, you know, he wasn't great today statistically, but, um, you know, from what we read, at least the one interception was a ball that probably should have been caught. Um, so he didn't put the ball in jeopardy, didn't make mistakes. He rushed ran for a touchdown. For a touchdown. Exactly, you know, and, and, and that's, that's a – uh, you know, method of playing football that can work and work consistently. Now, again, I mean, I, I don't want to get too confident because it's just so different from what we've seen from this team the last two years and even to start this year that I, I still feel like it might be a mirage, but, uh, you know, two weeks makes it feel like less of a mirage. Uh, and, you know, we've got a USC team that is certainly coming in vulnerable, hasn't really looked that good this year except for one week and looked terrible tonight from you know we didn't see it but you know got blown out by 35 points um and you know it's right there for us we got home field we're playing well at home we're playing well overall they're not playing well it's on a tee and we just got to take advantage of it now one thing i think that we noticed in the washington game and that appears to have carried over without seeing it but just looking at the stats the defense had six tackles for a loss so it seems like our defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage and offensively Richard and Balaj both had their longest runs of the year right. and the team's longest runs of the right. year at 25 yeah. and 35 yards. And one sack. I mean, you know, that's another thing we have to talk about is like not only has the defense had this transformation, but the offensive line, which after, you know, three weeks, you would have said, boy, that is the weak point of this team. We can't, we can't protect the passer. We can't block for the run. 
all of a sudden appears to be able to do both of those things. And, and that again, you know, that's how you, how you go about this, you know, ball control and, and, you know, not making mistakes as, as you do this, you know, so, uh, you have to give credit at this point to a coaching staff that I think, you know, both of us were prepared to say sayonara to a few weeks ago. Um, we were talking about some of the coaching hires that, you know, like, oh, you got these guys from Kansas and maybe that should have been a warning sign. Um, but some guys are obviously doing a good job. You know, our offensive line coach was from Kansas. He's gotten this thing going. Phil Bennett, man, what that right now looks like the hire of the, you know, decade for us. Because he's got this defense playing so much better than it did the last couple years. Well, and coming out of the bye, all of a sudden they're tackling better. Yeah. And I I said this to you when we were driving back, and I think it it's very true that our offense and defense philosophy-wise were not in sync the last few years. Kind of out of necessity, mm-hmm. but kind of just out of the offense's on the field, quick, 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 move, right. move, move. And then when your defense is struggling, it, it just adds to their burden because they're just on the field more and they're getting tired and they're giving up big plays coming out of this bye week billy napier's decided oh, okay we're a ball control yeah. offense yeah we'll yeah. still take shots down the field i didn't see it i don't know how many shots many right. took but you know against washington we would still throw it deep and we'd keep them honest so that they couldn't yeah. stack the box but it was almost more of why you know when you're a pitcher with not a great fastball but you still bust a guy inside right. because Look, we could do this, and we want you to respect it, but yeah. that's not where our bread and butter is going to be anymore. It no, looks like. no. I mean, the last two weeks, I don't remember what passing yardage Manny had last week, but this week he had 140 yards on 30 attempts, 29 attempts. I mean, that that number isn't great, but it's it's you know it's part of this like newfound approach for this team, I guess. Um, you know, we'll see against different kind of teams. You know, if we you know, start going with up-tempo teams. But really, how many up-tempo teams do we face the rest of the way? I mean, besides Arizona, yeah. uh, you know, USC's not really that. They're not a, you know, huge hurry-up team. Colorado, not really. UCLA's not. UCLA's not. Oregon State certainly is not. And so, you know, can we keep playing this style? I think we can. Um, you know, are we going to have to maybe score more than 13 points to win? Yeah, probably. I mean, you, you know, yeah. it would have been enough to win today. It was enough to win last week. That's not a sustainable model. But today we scored 30 points, uh, you know, even with an offense that wasn't hugely explosive, got points on the board, got a defensive touchdown, and, you know, you end up with plenty of points to win. And, yeah, I mean, I again, I, I just, like, I keep saying it. I have a hard time believing what I'm seeing. But here we are with five weeks to go in the regular season with everything in front of us. One of the things that this – new philosophy requires i think is trust in your kicker yeah and ruiz rewarded that today he drilled three field goals yeah. in the first quarter including two of 40 and 47 yeah. which i mean without those if he misses you know on first drive we had a good first drive i think double digit plays you know if he misses that's a momentum swinger you know because that's utah saying ah boy they they hit us and they they you know they got something on us but we got up the field with no points and you know that changes the complexion you know, you get the interception, we go three and out, we get three more points. I mean, that was much like the block punt last week. Block a punt, we didn't get a first down, he puts three points on the board. So, yeah, I mean, it's those little things. And, you know, we didn't see the game, obviously, today, but obviously no gigantic special teams mistakes. Don't know how good it was. It did, you know, there wasn't the block kick or anything or a return touchdown. But, you know, three for three on field goals. I believe Sleep Dalton had three of his four punts inside the 20. 
uh, you know, didn't give up any major returns. So, again, it's, you know, that's a element of this too. If you're going to play this ball control, low-scoring kind of game, special teams has to do its part, and it did again today, apparently. Yeah. Um, before we go, the World Series got set while we were driving back with the Astros yeah. uh, upending the Yankees after – Making it a little dicey in New York, but the series actually played out the way it's supposed to. The home team exactly. took every took game. all seven games, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that sets up a Dodgers rotation that's ready to go and an Astros rotation that may... I mean, presumably yeah. is going to be on schedule, I guess. Keiko probably starts game one. His last outing was, what, if I'm doing the math, Wednesday? Yeah, and Verlander will Verlander start game two. Verlander comes off Friday pitches Wednesday so that's you know your usual five days um so yeah I mean both teams really should come in at basically full strength um you know they as I said to you you know for most of the year they were the two best teams the Indians ended up inching ahead of the Astros at the end I think by a game or two um but you know two teams that won 100 games can't ask for much more than that pretty you know should be good entertainment value yeah the only thing Major League Baseball said about is the Yankees-Dodgers would have been the perfect marketing series. Yeah, it would have been, no doubt. And, you know, you have a, a you know potential big-time megastar in Aaron Judge if things continue along the path that you would have loved to have him in your World Series. But, you know, as most people who follow the Yankees have said, I, I'm not one, but, you know, they are probably a year or two ahead of schedule. I mean, this was kind of supposed to be kind of a rebuild with, a lot, you know, going to some younger guys and, you know, they made it within one win of the World Series. So, you know, you've got to gotta keep going. doesn't always work that way. I, you know, Cubs in 2003 are a great example. Oh, they're ahead of schedule. Things will get better, and they never did. Um, but, you know, they're, they're in good position, obviously, with a good young base and good young prospects coming up to be pretty good, you know, make more runs. But Astros have built it up, and good to see them, you know, rewarded for their success. And we're talking about an Astros team that was a 100-loss team yeah. not all that long ago. Not too and long ago, yeah. yeah. The, the job their front office did to turn things around and, and to properly identify guys to pluck away from other teams yeah. and guys to, you know, in the international market, guys who they signed, in right. the draft guys who they signed to make this team, yeah. you know, yeah. go from 100 losses to 100 wins yeah. is impressive. impressive. In, in, what, four years maybe? I mean, yeah. They probably had 100 losses in 2013, I'm guessing. Uh, SI, you know, would probably love it if they won the World Series because this was the year they had them winning the World Series way back when, you know, three or four years ago. Uh, so it might come true, but it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'll be uh, interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, so we will be back. We'll preview the USC game. We'll talk about all the other stuff we missed. There's some NFL. The first week of the NBA will be in the books. Uh, but I think if I can sum up everything we talked about, the most important thing to remember is Go to Big Bad Breakfast <laughs> if you're ever in Oxford. Yeah, it was really that good. That place was really good. amazing. Get some get some good eats because there's plenty available. There were plenty of places we couldn't go. We were only here for one day. Probably could have stayed for seven days just based on food options. But <laughs> it was it was fun. Yeah, good time and uh, recommend it if you're a college football fan. Get to Oxford, see that atmosphere because it was it was worth it. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.